I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. I hope you're glad to be here this morning. I know I am. And uh, I hope you'll join us as we bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. No other name I Praise that wonderful name of Jesus. Praise that wonderful name of Jesus. Praise that wonderful name of Jesus. Now sing that wonderful name of Jesus. Sing that wonderful name of Jesus. Sing that wonderful name of Jesus. No other name I, no other name I, no other name I know.
no, not one. None else could heal all our souls' diseases. No, not one. No, not one. There's not an hour that He is not near us. No, not one. No, not one. No night so dark but His love can cheer us. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Was there a gift like the Savior given? No, not one. No, not one. Will he refuse us a home in heaven? No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. No. Amen. I can tell why they're getting so many invitations to churches to sing. That was great. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 22 this morning, as you're finding your spot there, Oswald Chambers once wrote these words, Faith never knows where it's being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. Faith never, never knows where it's being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading And I believe that those words describe the life of Abraham, the life that we're studying right now. And if you've been with us as we've been following Abraham on his journey of faith, you know that it's been an adventure. Uh, It's led him to places that he never could have imagined. He never could have dreamed he would find himself. And today we're going to see Abraham's faith uh, tested like it's never been stretched before and tested before. God is going to test Abraham's faith, and it's one of the most difficult tests ever. Uh, God tests our faith as well. I hope you know that. Uh, You might say, well, why does God test our faith? Well, as one author said it, when our timid faith becomes tested faith, it can turn into triumphant faith. In other words, God has a purpose behind the testing. God is trying to stretch us and God is trying to grow us and God is trying to make us into what he wants us to be and who he wants us to be. And as I've studied this past week, I couldn't help but think of what Adrian Rogers once said when he said a faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. And so we're going to see the testing of Abraham's faith. And here's what I want us to do today. I want to prepare us. I want us to kind of be like a study group and I want to prepare us for the faith test that's coming. 
And as we studied together today, if you'll take these four things I'm going to share with you, I think they'll help you to pass the test. And so I'm going to be a study group. We're going to study together. We're going to learn some things that will help us. So when test time comes, we'll be ready and we'll know how to pass the test. You found your spot there in Genesis 22. And we're going to read that passage. We're going to read it slowly and carefully today. Because really, this is holy ground that we're reading about. Uh, You're going to see a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ in in the son Isaac and how the things transpire in this passage. If this is a familiar passage to you, uh, I hope you'll see it in a fresh way today. If you've never heard this passage before, I think it'll be real eye opening to see exactly what the test was. I'll begin reading at verse one, Genesis 22. Now, it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the knife in his hand. Excuse me, the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place in which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad. Or do anything to him, for I now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, 
Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and they rose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Now, from this passage, we learn four things that will help us when our faith is tested. Number one, when God calls, answer. When God calls, answer. Look again in your Bible at verse number one. It says, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Drop down to verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. Would you please notice that Abraham's ears, Abraham's heart, they're open to the voice of the Lord. When God calls and says, Abraham, Abraham says, here I am. I'm right here, Lord. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to hear your word. I'm alert. I'm alive. I'm ready. I'm tuned in to hear what you want to say to me. Any of you have caller ID on your telephone at home? Some of you do. Now, be honest. You look at that caller ID when the phone rings, don't you? And I'll be honest. Have you ever let it just go on to voicemail because you saw who was calling on the caller ID? I'm not going to tell you if I call her ID or not. (laughs) Keep that a secret. But you know what? We can get like that in our Christian lives as well. The voice of the Lord is calling out to us. The word of God. God is speaking to us and we try to ignore him. We try to put off answering him. If we had a spiritual voicemail, we'd let it just ring to voicemail. And you know what? Some here have been doing that Sunday after Sunday. God, the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and you just kind of ignore, you kind of push him away. You kind of just try to get your mind on something else. For some of you, maybe you need to be saved. You've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ and you've heard the gospel and you've heard the invitation Sunday after Sunday and you keep resisting today. You need to be saved. Some others here, maybe it's baptism. And you know you need to obey the Lord and follow him in believers' baptism. And, and you know you need to do that. And God has spoken to you about that, but you just kind of resist. For others, it maybe it's church membership and you've been coming here. And, and God is saying, listen, it's time for you to join. It's time for you to covenant together and become a part of that church and work and labor and live there uh, for the glory of God. And, and you're putting it off. For some, it might be the idea of trusting God in the sense of tithing and giving to God's work. There might be some sin in your life that you know it's there and God is dealing with you about it. and He's speaking to you about it and he wants you to confess it and get right about it. But you just kind of keep pushing him back and and trying to ignore his voice. It might be something else, but you just keep resisting. You just kind of close your ears and you just say, no, I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to be open. I'm not going to answer him. Don't do that. When he speaks, you respond. You say, here I am, Lord. I'm ready to hear you. You see, we walk by faith and not by sight. We need his instruction. We need his guidance. We need his comfort. We need his his encouragement. We need to hear his voice. We need to hear his word in our lives. And so when it's test time, the first thing to know is that when God calls, answer. Here I am, Lord. Second thing. When God commands, 
obey. When God commands, obey. Now, these are very simple principles, very simple sentences even. But I want you to see how profound they are. Look again at the passage. Look at verse 2. When God commands, obey. Then he said, take now your son. And I want you to notice how this builds. Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Did you notice how that builds in intensity? And in the passage, it talks about your only son. It says, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. Now, the concept is easy. When God commands, obey. But God's commands are not always easy, are they? And that's why we have a hard time with number one sometimes. When God calls answer, because we're afraid of what God might say to us and what God might lead us to do. And that's where faith comes in. And as we've lived the Christian life and God has grown us and God has helped us and we've learned about him, learned about his character, learned about how gracious he is. The more we know about God, we know that he's trustworthy and we know that God, as the old preacher said, is too good to be unkind, too wise to make a mistake. And so I can step out in obedience. The best option is obedience, even when it doesn't make sense. Didn't make sense, did it? Even when I can't figure it out. Even when it seems foolish. God says, listen, Abraham, take your only son whom you love. Take Isaac and offer him, slay him as a burnt offering. Now, let's notice Abraham's response. So Abraham rose early in the morning. Verse three. Wouldn't you have slept in that day? Man, snooze, 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 snooze. I don't want to face today. But he rose early in the morning. He saddled his donkey, took two young men with him. It says that Abraham, it says he split the wood for the burnt offering. He arose and went. It was more than a day's journey. It was on the third day. He lifted up his eyes. He saw the place so far off. He turns and says to his young men, verse five, stay here with the donkey. Lad and I are going to worship. We'll come back. And verse 6 says, don't you see the Lord Jesus here in verse 6? Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. Can't you see the cross being placed upon the Lord Jesus? It says he took the fire in his hand. He took a knife that the two of them went together. When I read this passage, I don't see Abraham arguing with God. I don't see him questioning God. I don't see him delaying. I don't see him manipulating. I don't see him scheming or figuring out another way. I mean, here he is, the promised son. He's waited all these years. Abraham's 100 years old before Isaac was ever born. We don't know how old Isaac was here. He may have been a teenager, may have been older. But here he is with the one who is the fulfillment and the channel of all God's blessing, all God's promises. And God says, take that one whom you love. He's your only son. They've already cast Ishmael out. Take him and offer him, slay him. What does Abraham do? He obeys. Period. I see simple obedience on his part. We see faith on his part. Now, did you notice the words of verse five carefully? Go back and read it with me. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. Now, did you catch that? 
If you go to the New Testament, the New Testament sheds further light on the story. You might want to jot this reference down. Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. We find out what Abraham is thinking and what Abraham is, is going through. Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. And listen to verse 9 of Hebrews 11. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. His faith was so strong in God, he knew that even if he went through with it, and he was going through with it, even if he killed his son, that God was able to raise him up, that God was able to keep his promises. You see, the reason Abraham could live this way was because of who his God was, because of the object of his faith. Now, listen, don't miss this. We don't have faith in faith. That's worthless. We have faith in God. It's the object of your faith that makes all the difference. And so we have people that say, I'm a person of faith. But the question is, where is your faith? Who is your faith in? Abraham's faith was in the mighty God. Our faith is in God. Our faith is in the Lord Jesus. And so we know that the object of our faith is trustworthy and powerful and able. And so we know that we can trust God. God is not trying to destroy us. God is not trying to harm us. God is trying to help us. We should be like Job. Job said this in Job 13, 15. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Faith in God. Now, when God calls, answer. When God commands, obey. Number three, get ready. Test time's coming. What God requires, give. What God requires, give. I want you to notice verses seven and eight. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. He said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? See, Isaac didn't know he was the burnt offering. And I love, I want you to notice what it says in verse 8. Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Now, beloved, who was the lamb that was provided by God? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what John the Baptist said in John 1.29. John 1.29 says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You see, in Abraham and Isaac, we see a picture of Jesus. Warren Wiersbe mentioned here, John 8.56, it says, Your father Abraham... Rejoice to see my day. That's what Jesus said to the Jews. Jesus said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Now, wait a minute. Abraham lived all this time before Jesus, yet he saw Jesus. Yeah, he goes on to tell us how. In Isaac's miraculous birth, Abraham saw the day of Christ's birth. If you study further, in Isaac's marriage in Genesis 24, he saw the day that Jesus would come for his bride. 
But on Mount Moriah, what we're studying today, when Isaac willingly put himself on the altar, Abraham saw the day of Christ's death and resurrection. Because I want you to notice here that when Isaac figured out, when it was said and done, you are the burnt offering. Listen, Isaac was a lot faster of a runner than Abraham. Probably a lot stronger than Abraham, whether he was a teenager or upwards a little bit older. Listen, he willingly submitted himself to his father to be bound and placed on that altar, just like the Lord Jesus willingly let himself be placed on that cross. No man takes my life. I lay it down. And God told Abraham to give Isaac. And I want you to notice what happened here. Verse nine and ten. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Now, every parent that reads that and fully contemplates that winces at the very thought of binding your child, laying them on an altar, slaying them and burning them. We just can't even fathom that. You know that tears must have been streaming down the face of Abraham. You know that that knife was in a very shaky hand, but he was going to obey God no matter what. He knew God was faithful. And when God commands, I obey. What God requires, I give. Let me ask you something. What is God Telling you to sacrifice to him. What is he calling you to lay down? Maybe it's your family. You say, oh, wait, 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 preacher, wait. Well, let me give you some scripture. Matthew 10, 37, 38. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. My love for the Lord Jesus is to be greater than my love for mother, father, son, daughter, wife, spouse, anybody. Now, listen, that's not a hatred for your family. That's truly loving your family, because if you love Jesus that much, you're going to love your family, right? Is it your family? Is it is it is it your your center of affection and worship is centered upon your family instead of the Lord? Maybe he's calling you today. Listen, you need to get right about that. Maybe it's your life. You're holding on to your life. You say, well, he wouldn't ask for my life. Let me give you some scripture. Matthew 10, 39. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. In other words, you put yourself on that altar. You give yourself. You say, God, here I am. I love you more than life itself. What God requires. Give. What is it that you're holding on so too, too tightly? Maybe it's position, maybe it's pride, uh, maybe it's money, maybe it's something that you're just holding on so tightly. And God says, I want you to lay it down. I want you to lay it down. I want you to sacrifice it. I want you to give it to me. What God requires, give. Now, I find verse 12 remarkable. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad. Or do anything to him. I don't find that part remarkable. I mean, that's wonderful. God is gracious. 
But the next part I really found remarkable. For now I know, God says, for now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Let me tell you something. God already knew this. God didn't have to learn this. God didn't have to put Abraham through the paces to see whether or not he was going to obey him. God knows everything. He's all knowing. But here's what's remarkable. Now Abraham knew this. Abraham knew that God was truly upon the throne of his heart. You see how God stretched his faith? God didn't want to harm Isaac. God didn't want to harm Abraham. And listen, if God's calling you to lay something down, it's not to harm you, it's to help you. He wants you to be free from that so you can serve and love and honor Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. God doesn't want to hurt us, He wants to help us. Which brings us to the fourth point. And that's this, when God provides worship. When God provides worship, how merciful our God is. We know that uh, God stops him from slaying Abraham there, or Isaac. There's a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. I find that very interesting. Abraham said that the Lord's going to give a lamb, but there's a ram. Of course, the lamb was coming. His name was Jesus. But at this point, there was a ram. And Abraham calls the Lord Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. The Lord will see to it. Jehovah Jireh. God provides for us in so many ways. That day he provided a ram and Abraham worshiped. He offered it to the Lord. Beloved, God has provided the lamb, the Lord Jesus. And though Abraham's son was spared, God's was not. God gave his son. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He did that for you. He did that for me. Have you received him? We see a picture of the father, the son, and Abraham and Isaac. But Isaac was spared, but Jesus was not. God the Father sent his son, the sinless, perfect, spotless Lamb of God. And he voluntarily laid down his life upon that cross for you. Was slain for you, shed his blood for you, and arose for you. Have you received him? You see, when God provides the needed grace and mercy and wisdom, don't delight in the gifts, delight in the giver. When God provides worship, don't worship the things he provides. Worship the provider. Worship God himself. And we find that's what Abraham does here. When he turns around and sees that ram, he goes and takes it and slays it and offers it in worship to the Lord. Now, the question today is, what do we do with all this? We put it to use. Because God tests us too. In fact, let me quiz you in our study group. I'll give you the first part, you give me the last part. We'll see how well we did. When God calls, when God commands, what God requires, when God provides, simple concepts. God is worthy of our trust, our obedience, and our worship. We need never fear the hardest commands that he lays upon us. The founder of the China Inland Mission, uh, today is known as the Overseas Missionary Fellowship, was a man by the name of J. Hudson Taylor. Uh, J. Hudson Taylor used to hang a plaque in his home and had two Hebrew words on it. The first Hebrew word was Ebenezer. And the other was the name Jehovah 
Jireh. Uh, Ebenezer has the idea of 1 Samuel 7, 12. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. And of course, Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide or the Lord will see to it, as we saw in our passage today. So he has this plaque with Ebenezer and Jehovah Jireh. The Lord has helped us and the Lord will see to it. And the idea was this, whether he was looking back in the past or looking ahead in the future. Hudson Taylor knew that the Lord was at work and he had nothing to fear. And so I say to you today, beloved, Ebenezer, Jehovah Jireh. We look back and we see that the Lord has worked and provided. He has helped us. And yet we turn and we look forward and we say, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will see to it. The Lord will provide. Let me leave you with this passage. We talk about testing of faith and tests. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. But endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature And complete, lacking nothing. Ebenezer, Jehovah Jireh. Father, we are humbled as we consider your servant Abraham and his obedience. Yet, Lord, we are more humbled we consider your love in giving your son. To die for us. Isaac was but a picture or type. Jesus experienced death for us. Thank you. Father, I pray today as you're speaking to hearts, as you're calling that many would answer. There's anyone here today who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I pray this will be the hour they come to know him. Lord, for believers, you're speaking to today, whatever the case may be, whatever the need may be, whatever it is you put your finger on in their life, I pray today they would obey you and follow you. Whether it's baptism, church membership, tithing, some sin in their life, some other area of obedience or service, uh, some, some hindrance in their fellowship with a brother or sister, something not right in their lives, dishonesty, whatever it may be, Lord, I pray today. As you call, they'll answer. As you command, they'll obey. As you require, they'll give it. Trusting you and worshiping you. Thank you, Lord. Whether we look back or forward, you are the same. Help us to pass the testing of our faith. Help us to trust you. To serve you and follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. The invitation's clear, I hope, today as we stand and sing. If you need to be saved, here's what I want you to do. Just step out. I'll be down at the front. You come, take me by the hand. Say, I want to meet Jesus today. Here's what I'm going to do. I'll place you with somebody who'll come that loves Jesus and loves you and will lead you to Jesus. You want to come and pray today. The altar's open. 416. My faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary. We're going to stand and sing 416. And as we do, the altar is open. We invite you to come. As God calls, you answer. And you answer immediately. And you come and get things right.
416, let's stand and sing.